0: The all-American beef Lettuce, tomatoes,
1: or- Welcome to another episode of Singles Going Steady. My name is Chuck Mims. I'm going to be the guest host today. Uh, we're going to turn the tables a little bit and uh, we're, going to, we're going to interview Steve and A. And um, we're going to start talking about the, the, the beef people. And uh how they first got got the whole project going. So uh Steve, A, if you guys want to introduce yourselves real quick.
0: Yeah, I'm Steve McGowan. I'm half of the uh Singles Going Steady team and the Beef People. And
2: I'm the another half. Right. Um I'm Adrian Madoc and uh of the Beef People and mm-hmm. of uh, Singles Going Steady, the podcast. And
0: we appreciate you being here with us today, Chuck, and uh talking to us. Uh, we want uh, people to get to know us a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Uh, what was it that really uh, drew you guys to creating the Singles Going Steady podcast uh, to begin with?
2: Well, we felt the need to sort of, um, we, we hadn't spoken to each other in a quarter of a century. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it seems like there's lower barriers to sharing music and uh Sharing stories in yes. a podcast just seemed a natural way for us to, to be able to talk to each other mm-hmm. and talk to others about things that we like and, and enjoy.
0: Yeah, I'm, both of us are, are, are extremely into music, into uh, music of that period.
1: I mean, definitely avid record collectors. Yes, yeah.
0: and uh, we really wanted to kind of share... Uh, music that meant a lot to us in one way or another or 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 bands that we may have played with or may have um booked uh or influenced us and um we both kind of really love singles and we we think the idea of of the single is like the the pop perfection thing and that's part of our um Oh, oh, a model, you
1: know, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So so let's take it back a, a, a little bit. When did you guys first actually meet? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we met at a high school model United Nations conference really? at uh, Winthrop College. We yeah, weren't wow.
0: geeks or anything.
2: <laughs> and I uh, represented uh, the Palestinian Liberation <laughs> Army. Organization and, and I was
0: I was representing Cuba, so well, you know naturally you know, we we got along quite well. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> when did
1: you realize that you both had a common interest in in the same type of music?
2: Well, we kind of
1: pretty much from the
0: get go. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm
2: um i was uh, i've always been an insomniac and listened to a lot of college radio and jazz and that that was the early days of the diy movement local bands being played on overnight um uh on the college radio shows and it was like hmm something's going on and this is interesting sure, so that help. was a, a logical connection for us to to make with each other.
1: So we're talking about
0: 82
2: Oh before that. Yeah. Seventy nine, eighty. Right. Oh, we 70, met in eighty. Okay. Right. Okay.
0: And my um my father and I was actually born in Scotland and uh, my parents moved here when I was two. And my father was in a rock and roll band in Scotland in the fifties and they did kind of the cliff Richard and the shadows type stuff with the, the ties and the suits and they all did the moves with the guitars and yeah, everything. Yeah. And, uh, they were quite popular. And uh, my dad was in management for a while and uh, knew a lot of people. Uh, he knew Donovan and he knew, um, the Rolling Stones. He knew Andrew Lou and people like that. And, uh, there was always music in my house and i can just remember from a very young age just playing beatles records all day long monkeys you know um donovan it, my dad had all the records and and he would let me play them so i was always into music I'm sure and, the
1: beatles stones kinks yes
0: yes definitely the beatles and stones um and uh you know just growing up from that um i remember I, we were living in in massachusetts i remember going into Boston and buying the Sex Pistols record pretty much the week it came out and uh, you know everything kind of changed after that (laughs) When was your first band Steve? Well the first version of the Beef People involved myself and my high school friend uh, Sven, Sven Stenberg and uh, we uh, started a band and it was with um, Fitz and Russ and Jim McNeely and um
2: who were later the popular mechanics right. they
0: they went on to become the popular mechanics who came up at the same time we did
2: so this is beef people mark one so right this,
0: this is a very this, early this version is, of this it. is
2: 80 79
0: no it would be about 81 81, 81 82 81.
2: okay I mean, eight, maybe even 83 yeah
0: it was a little, little little later before we really started playing um i was in college and that's where i met fitz and russ the uh, jimmy and um and sven were from high school from Eastside high and so we basically just did covers and and sven wrote some of the songs and i i was involved i was a guitar player but i didn't sing and i didn't really write the songs and uh, then they they moved on and they left um and so it was just me and sven and we um and jimmy and uh, we got uh, adrian in to play bass and uh, ken norton from high school to play keyboards
1: And, Adrienne, did you play bass prior to... No. (laughs) No, I did not. How how did you... What drew you to the bass?
2: Um, They needed someone to play bass. (laughs) It was definitely DIY. Yeah, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And she she picked it up pretty fast and pretty well, too. Were you aware of anybody... Uh,
1: other females playing bass at the time? Kim Gordon, was she even on No, on the no, radar? she
2: she was not a thing. I don't think she'd picked up the bass when I picked no, up the bass. No, I don't really. think so. um, there, there was a, a band... Um, in, um, cause I was in school at UNC after we, after high school days, um, up in North Carolina and there was a local band, the X teens that had oh, a female yeah. bass player. Yeah, I remember the X teens. And yeah. when we went to pick up out my bass in Atlanta, they brought this beautiful sunburst jazz out. And mm-hmm. I was like. No, there's another girl bass player with, a, you know, with a, with one that looks like that. So that's how we ended up picking out um, my bass because I wanted one that looked different. Right. So it was totally superficial. Um, but yeah, I, so I, I don't really have like s- strong influences on, on my style of playing, if you even want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um but I just learned to play beef people songs. Right. Okay. What, we, were, we weren't really good art, enough to play a lot. Of, we weren't good enough to songs, play a lot of yeah. covers,
0: so we wrote our own songs.
1: Right. <laughs> what was there, a t- t- particular ethos you guys were going for? A
2: DIY. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we,
0: we just wanted to play just, our just own to rock, music. Just to you know? rock out. Yeah, and, and just yeah. play our own music and, yeah. and get it across. And uh, we, we eventually learned covers, you know, but um, it was all about original. And we were really... Probably one of the first bands in the area that really just played mostly original right. music. You know, uh, the Poppy Mechanics were a great band, but they mostly did '60s punk type right. stuff. You know, um, they were they were very good at it, but they didn't they didn't they did some original stuff, but not a lot. You know, and then and then Sven had the Gummy Bears, right, right, right. right. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were a number of bands that that came out of the scene that we kind of started. Right. You know,
1: other well, bands were were current.
0: Well, um, you had um, uh, the Gummy Bears. You had the um, Tim Wooten's band. Oh, yeah, the Blow Up. The Blow Up, which was actually before that was called the Peach Puffins. Right, right. And uh, they were kind of a, a band. It, along well, with I
2: us. named the Peach Puffins. Yes. <laughs> right, so. and, you, and you
0: had a band that was.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the Innocent Color Boys. That's right. They Probably the. Best yeah. not to talk too much about those guys. But, uh, <laughs> no, not
0: at all. You guys are great. And Mike Luska was was always having some kind of band. Um, after, the, even after that,
1: the, the, the Peach Puffins, though, that came from a Dukes of Stratosphere.
2: Uh, you know, that, it was no? the time there was the Lime Spiders uh, and right, all these right. other things. And mm-hmm. that was just like you, a riff. Joey named, and I riffed. And, you yeah. named them, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I yes. did. Okay, so <laughs> you, you came
0: up with that. <laughs> <Yes. Okay. laughs> well, who came up with the name The Beef People? Uh that was me I think um just thinking about big star and you know um mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: all the, all the great bands are named after grocery store right. chains. exactly. <laughs>
0: so we were. We were so Bilo used to have the cows on the
1: right. top of, right. the end of the grocery store.
0: Yeah, yeah, the kids in high school were always stealing the cow yeah. off the off the roof. That was the the thing to do.
2: And so. of course, um, if you're not in the area, the beef people is the um, the slogan of a grocery store here, Winn Dixie. Right. In in the Carolinas, it
0: used to be their slogan. It isn't. I don't think it is anymore. But. Uh,
2: Thanks. No, we drove them out of the house.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we talked a little bit, Steve, about your your influences in high school with mm-hmm. the British Invasion
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Sex Pistols, but mm-hmm. but with the Beef People, what what were we, what were you really drawing upon to?
0: Well, the, the the way I learned to play the guitar was really um, I came from both both poles. You know, e m um, was coming up, and mm-hmm. um, I, I I learned a lot of REM type stuff. And I was also really, really into black flag. Yeah, <laughs> We used to do nervous breakdown. And so, you know, from one extreme to the other and Elvis Costello was big, you know, I had, um, Adrian actually got me the Elvis Costello songbook, which was just like Chinese algebra, you know, it was impossible, but I, I worked and worked and worked and worked and I learned how to play most of the songs. And that's how I learned, um, all the weird chords and and changes and stuff that I know and uh so between Elvis, who's could do black flag r e m it all kind of melted together you know
1: and you can definitely hear that I was listening to the um uh uh c d that you mm-hmm. you burned to me uh for the past couple of days, mm-hmm. and you can hear that uh that not quite punk. Not quite what be, what became American indie rock with that. Mm-hmm. It was this beginning of that sort of SST sound mm-hmm. um, that you, you heard on the uh, like Zen Arcade. Yeah, and and sometimes it's like your um, your vocals sort of remind me of Grand Heart a little bit. No, oh,
0: that's that's a compliment definitely. Um,
1: is there is there any type of uh, vocalist that you were co- no. not copying, but Heavily influenced by,
0: I, you know, besides Elvis, you know, I wouldn't say because really I couldn't sing when we started. I couldn't sing. I couldn't play at all, and we just learned. You know, we just learned by rehearsing a lot and yeah. and playing a lot. You know, um, but it wasn't like I want to sound like X. You know, whatever, right. whatever band. We just did our thing. You know, and it came out the way. I think mm-hmm. the influences are there. You know. One of the things we we talk about when we talk about the Beef People recordings and the songs that we wrote because Adrian wrote songs and I wrote songs and Ken wrote songs
1: and you guys definitely shared vocal duties yeah
0: and, mm. but we're all over the map you know we don't have we don't sound like one thing you know sometimes we're kind of soft and jazzy and sometimes we're kind of crunchy and hardcore-y and. Uh, it's been referred to as like a mixtape sometimes, you know. Um, we are hard to pigeonhole and a lot of people couldn't deal with that, you know, because it's like you don't have that one sound, you know. that, that Most exactly. bands have a sound, yeah. you know. We're all over the place, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and,
2: and it wasn't even like uh, uh, any of us had a distinctive style of right. writing. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, like Ken's songs were heavily yeah. well, obviously. Um, you know, being the keyboard player, mm-hmm. but um, you know, sometimes you wrote the lyrics and I wrote music, right? And, you know, Vicky Verkey, right? Know, exactly. So, and sometimes I wrote we both of them. Together, you know, yeah. but, or, or we uh, do it together, we, yeah. Or we do it together. Yeah. So. so, what was
1: it like trying to um, promote yourselves, book shows? Mm-hmm. Where
0: did you play? Well, we um, we played here in Greenville. Um, we ended up adopting the place on Pleasantburg called Studio B as our de facto home and so we, many shows there we we uh
2: yeah we, yeah we negotiated to have tuesday nights right because um, it occurred to me that the bands that we were traveling to see either up to um chapel hill triangle area of north carolina or down to athens or atlanta to see that those folks had days off and it's like why don't they come crash on our couch right right I'll feed them spaghetti. Mm-hmm. we'll We'll book a show on a Tuesday night that way mm-hmm. when they're doing a Saturday or Sunday in North Carolina and then they have the next weekend in Georgia that that whatever little bit of change they pick up right. on the way in um, Greenville that it'll allow us to book them. It'll be a network for us for our band. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, that that it just seemed like it would be a good thing and we would make it a very low effort thing for the band right. um, to participate in because it was on eighty five right and give them a free place to stay you know um, com- come and food. play <laughs> come and play
0: for a little bit of money or or have the night off and,
2: and
1: this is when you created ZUB yes mm-hmm.
2: yeah this is one of the many um, ZUB uh, efforts yes. yeah <laughs> ZUB promotions right now and,
1: was was ZUB meant to be initially? A, a, a promotional uh, title or a record label or just
0: everything it started as a record label
2: Yeah, well it was a business entity when right. um, yeah. part mm-hmm. of this is i i have a uh, a very strong entrepreneurial bent. So and um, you know, my dad had his own always had businesses going. Right. Um and so it was like, well, we need a company and right. you know, it will do these things. Mm-hmm. We put we
0: put out our cassette. Yeah. Which we are going to be re releasing <laughs> in the next year, um the that on the album that we're we're getting together. And then we put out a single. Uh, a vinyl single, and uh, that was done under Zub Records.
2: Right, so Zub booked bands. Mm-hmm. Um, was a record label. A, and is we, a record we label. had a zine um, yeah, yeah, um, the, that promoted Z, everything. The, the Zub Alert. Right. Yeah, Zub yeah. Alert. Mm-hmm.
0: So the, the Tuesday night thing really grew really fast. We we bought a PA well we got a little loan we bought a pa we yeah, had our own sound system we had to dress up and
2: go to the the yeah. greenville bank right. and, and you, know, you know get a business loan from right. Zub for sub mm-hmm. for the pa
0: and um we have a van and uh it it grew very quickly we got a lot of interest in bands wanting to come and play and we ended up booking a lot more than just tuesday nights we there there was a time there where we booked
2: yeah
0: yeah i remember the flaming lips right yeah
2: flaming lips and might be the best that <laughs> still existing maybe band the, maybe yeah. the
1: neighborhoods
0: yeah oh yeah we had the
2: neighbor, neighborhoods yeah. several times and we yeah. played out with them yeah. and yeah, other than they were
0: definitely our mm-hmm. friends they were they were actually the reason we started booking bands we played with them up in uh raleigh and they were so amazing i was just like we have to book this band they
1: were a boston band
0: yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. still are yep still playing and uh we we had a connection with a lot of the boston bands through uh, bob lawton and uh uh, a lot of the homestead type bands and Uh,
2: he he was a booking
0: yeah booking agent and uh, we uh we we got a lot of those bands that way did
1: you guys book the Meat Men too
0: yeah, we were yeah. involved with yeah. that. That okay. was we did that with with Manifest Records. Okay, mm-hmm. but um, that was quite a show, and we did bands like Naked Ray Gun and you know there was Yeah, everybody you know, Connells. You know, um, you name it. If they were coming through, we booked them.
1: <laughs> it seems that back during those days, there was a feeling that that Greenville could have been a bit more of a, a music hub. Um uh, it actually became mm-hmm. uh I mean some can say there's a renaissance going on right now in Greenville when it comes to local music mm-hmm. um but do, do you guys think it was just the nature of uh uh of communications at the time with lack of social media that kept it from really exploding you
0: well know, i mean i felt like we were pretty successful you know oh, um, no doubt yeah the 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 beef people, we would get two or 300 people when we played. That's a lot of people, you know, in a club. And people would consistently come out to see music. Um, yeah, Tuesday a, New Music Night was week. a thing. Some people yeah. would
2: come just, be, well, just because it was of there, the event, right? Right. right? On Tuesday night, I'll go see who they mm-hmm. have. Maybe I'll like them, maybe I won't. And it was like mm-hmm. $3, $5. Yeah, you
0: know. Yeah. And I think the social media thing and all that is a detriment to people going to see music. You know, it seems like people like to stay at home and be on their computers now. But that's my personal, you know, get off my lawn opinion. Um, There was definitely a scene back then where people would go to see music. I don't know if that's as big of a thing now as it used to be. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong, you know.
1: It seems that, you know, with the, with the radio room in town, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of um, people just going out just to right. go to the radio room. Does right. it really matter who's playing?
0: Right. Which is a good thing. It is a good thing. Um, just they'll, they'll see bands that they didn't know about. You know?
1: Um, how often did you guys tour?
0: <laughs> well, there was a couple of years there we toured quite extensively. We played probably over 100 dates a year.
2: We played a lot here, but, um, we played Columbia, Athens, Mm -hmm. Atlanta, Mm -hmm. Chapel Hill, Winston-Salem, Greensboro, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Asheville, Mm
0: -hmm. Charlotte, Charlotte.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So we were, we, we stayed pretty busy. We, we, We played a lot of places. We played with a lot of good bands. Um, and they came down and played with us here in Greenville. Um, we did a lot of touring, um, some successful, some not as.
2: Very regional, very yes. regional. We never did the, you know, like the reach out to New York, right? Or,
0: we never know. did the big, the big tour. Um,
2: but we were working. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we weren't making a living off ZUB; we were mm-hmm. making a living for ZUB, right? Um, <laughs> you know, so it, it was another mouth to feed, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we did allowed us to to do the cool booking, to be right. able to play our own music,
0: right.
1: So you guys reunited after how many years?
0: It'd been at least twenty five, 25. 25 yes. around twenty
2: five. <laughs> yeah.
1: What What is the vision going forward for the the project?
0: Well, uh, you get to a point, and um, you know we have this music that we recorded a long time ago in the '80s, and uh, you know both Adrian and I are very critical about our own stuff, but after. A long enough period you can listen to it and and not be so critical and you can say hey you know this is pretty good you know I, th- I think maybe we should put this out you know so we decided that we wanted to start releasing our old material and um, we wanted to reactivate the label and uh, maybe release records by some other bands from the time yeah. hopefully we can get to that point so in order to do that we wanted to try to promote it with uh, the podcast because we love talking about music, we love talking, you know, telling people about cool, interesting singles that they may or may not know about. And uh, we're it's gonna,
2: almost proselytizing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, de- yeah. because I find, um, you know, people just don't know, and, and that there there are things. That, it's interesting to me yeah. the things that remain popular and well known, or have become mm-hmm. well known, um, that were really not 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 on anyone's radar right. in any real serious way back, mm-hmm. um, at, at the time. Um, and many things that really deserve some love, deserve love back then and definitely deserve it now are going unnoticed. Right. So, you know, a chance to sort of, um, you know, get some eyes, get some ears on some things that we really love and care about.
0: And the fact that we are older, we're older people now and, we're and not we, getting younger. we remember, <laughs> we remember a lot of things that the kids don't remember, you know, and, uh,
2: talk about them while we still remember them exactly
0: Mm -hmm. you know we used to use typewriters and you know (laughs) <laughs> dial phones <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking
2: about we had a phone call back because we lived in different states yeah. and um you know there, there were little things like um the phone rate used to go down at 11 o'clock mm-hmm. and i made the mistake of calling you mm-hmm. at like 10 mm-hmm. so i had like a 75 phone right. bill <laughs> from, from a call to you so right. i mean mm-hmm. things like that are sort of interesting artifacts exactly, that people just yeah. don't, you know,
1: you just forget, yeah, and all they, that was going, right. yeah, seventy five,
2: nineteen eighty mm-hmm. dollars. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? One of the um, podcasts we talk about, Adrian especially, was talking about how you would find out the lyrics to songs. So they would actually be in magazines. They would have magazines with songs, oh lyrics yeah. And, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> there was no internet, you couldn't right. look things up, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, it yeah. was a different time, yeah, you know, and we, we were trying to just. Give our perspective on the music and recommendations for other things as well. You know, part of our Zub universe. Right. <laughs> things that we like,
2: things that are cool, things that we think others will like. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's potentially a live show in the works? So yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I would put it in the potential category yes, more than in the works category. Uh,
0: we're, we're hoping to have the, um, the release out, the first record out within a year.
2: Yeah, we're not saying what year. Yeah,
0: And this is going to be a
1: a vinyl release. Yes, Mm -hmm.
0: and uh, you've heard some of it. Mm -hmm. And um, if we put that out, I'm sure we'll play somewhere. We'll more than likely play at Horizon. (laughs) Probably play in Durham, right? Yeah, in the front yard.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You guys are pretty busy. Um, Adrian, you're a... um, uh, What what is is your official title professionally?
2: (laughs) Uh, It's secret. Um, Let's say I I am in the education field. Gotcha. At at the post um, post secondary level. Mm
1: -hmm. And Steve, you're you're thinking about uh, possibly a a studio.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I have owned a recording studio for many many years in the past, and. I think we're trying to maybe put something together, uh, for the future. We'll, so, we'll see. Um, I've always been involved in music. You know, I'm still, I still do sound and oh, I still do recordings mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it, it just never ends. Did you
1: record one of David Barbie's I did. Bands? We,
0: we did a demo with Mercyland. They yeah. They're mm-hmm. friends of ours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, they came and recorded at my studio and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we played with them a number of times. They were, excellent band. He has a pretty nice studio. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's done very well. He has.
1: So when it comes back to singles going steady, mm-hmm. um, do you see this as a, um, uh, an ongoing project that you want to stick with that, uh, you <laughs> want to just take it as it goes? Um, uh, both be.
2: of those things an ongoing project that we will take as it yes. goes yeah um, i mean
0: we're, we're excited to see what happens with it
2: yeah and we, we keep thinking of things oh we got to talk about that or this connects to that mm-hmm. or because yeah, you get ideas everywhere yeah but, we, um,
0: we were at the uh, the george clinton parliament Funkadelic show the other day mm-hmm. and uh, while we, were wait, you do. while we were waiting, we came up with thirty more.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Songs, 30 single more songs we wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know the, it, the, it never ends. Did like, he, any
1: want to share? Any? Uh,
0: I, I think Mercyland was on the list. Yeah, okay. Okay. Mercyland was on the list. Okay, in so, the hoods. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, there's a lot of so much great.
2: And George Clinton. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. definitely, yeah. Um, yeah. It, he was the man. I, I just discovered I have two copies of the 45 One Nation Under a Groove wow. so I think that's wow, begging nice. to be talk about I think, yeah I
0: think that's telling you something I have a, right
2: pitcher, sl- or, or I have a pitcher sleeve and mm. uh, and we just mm. bought it at the head shop right. <laughs> I got one without, a, without <laughs> the pitcher sleeve that's
0: right that's right.
1: Yeah. going back to the, the, the beat People record that's maybe coming out in a year uh, oh but, it's coming out
0: yeah it's coming out for sure
1: are you thinking about distribution? Is it going to be mail order? Is it going to be on your website? How are people going to get it?
0: Yes, we're going to do it through the website, the Zub Records website, and uh, which is we,
2: ZubRecords.com.
0: Thank you, kids, a, and
2: ZUB um, Records dot com,
0: and uh, that's where you go to find the podcast as well. The Singles Going Steady podcast. We will do a limited run, um, not too many copies. Um, they'll be numbered. And uh, we're, we're pretty proud of it. You know, we've, we've got most of it mastered now. Um, it's not completely complete altogether yet, but we're, we're nearly there.
1: Well, let's go ahead and hear a track from the upcoming B People record.
2: Let's listen to Interstate USA. Okay, that Interstate. was like the
1: was, that was the almost hit, right?
2: Yeah, well, this is the one we thought that the people are going to love this, and yeah. um, 'cause Ken, it's one of Ken's songs. Yes. And okay. Ken was a, just like a melody monster. He sure is. Yeah. All
0: right, here we go. Interstate USA, the beef people.
1: Love your vocals on that track, Adrian. Um, was there any type of um, uh, uh, vocalist that you were uh, emulating or influenced by?
2: Well, I, you know, nobody in particular. I just sort of, you know, everything was so dry and sort of like do what you can do. So it was like, what did my voice do? What what, what suited my vocal range? So I just sang it, yeah. if that makes sense.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's it's a good contrast to Steve's gravelly, raucous voice at times. <laughs>
2: yeah. it, it can be a little sing song. Yeah. You can tell yeah. that my main uh, singing experience had been in campfire songs okay. and the Girl Scouts. Yes.
0: Nice. <laughs> and uh, we have a second record that we're very excited about too that we recorded Well, we recorded over 30 songs that have never been released where was this recorded At my studio the cafe okay. pleasure manic studio okay. uh 30 songs that nobody's ever heard i think you've heard a few of them
1: now but the the record that's coming out is was recorded before that was recorded at the beat nest
0: uh yes with ashley davis okay. and uh, and at uh, sundown studios the single
1: do you guys want to talk about what the beef nest is at all? Or?
0: <laughs> well, we used to both work at the cafe and then some downtown
2: in okay. Greenville, yes. South Carolina.
0: And uh, the uh, upstairs was kind of abandoned.
2: Yeah, it had been a club before, yeah, and a ballet, a, really a ballet school too. And there were like the um, remnants. We were allowed to use it if we mm-hmm. cleaned it up. Right and there was were just like sacks of clothes, and I remember. Um, a ten-year-old TV guide, mm-hmm. all sorts of fantastic sort of things uh, that we found up there. But we rehearsed there mm-hmm. during the whole time the band was together, right. and then and,
0: and we did recording up there as well. I think yeah. I remember a lot of windows. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. when downtown was wild. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, we would be the only thing happening at night when yes. we were rehearsing because mm-hmm. downtown was absolutely dead. Drop a pin.
0: It was a long time ago.
1: Must have been 84, 85. Yeah.
2: yeah I mean, there weren't yeah. horses in the street, but it was a while yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. There was no Hyatt.
2: <laughs> there was a Hyatt.
0: Yeah. It, it had just been built. Right. Yeah. So
2: anyway, because that's where our roommate worked.
0: That's right. That's That's right. Yeah. Your memory is so much better than mine.
2: <laughs> well, I think um, <laughs> it takes two to have a memory. Yes. I think <laughs> you know, like one will, will spark one that the other one doesn't remember.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what else, guys? This is a bit of awesome. Um addition to the singles going steady. Mm-hmm. Anything else you guys want to
2: talk about? You want to maybe talk a little bit about how we, and we're recording. Um, despite the fact that you've mm-hmm. done all this sort of like heavy lifting in recording, mm-hmm. we've tried not to be fussy about right. what we're doing with the podcast. Okay.
0: We, we want to make a professional podcast, but we're not recording it in studios. I mean, we're in, we're in a house right now in Greenville and we do the same in Durham and we try to make it sound as good as we can. But you know, mm-hmm. The whole point is we're talking with you about music, you know. Exactly, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 casual, it's not we're not talking at you, we're talking with you. Exactly. You know? And we and want not, to keep it that way. And it's not know?
2: a fact dump. I mean, because there's right. Wikipedia, right? And you know, if you want, and we'll to have know links what, to that. Yeah. What you know, what the ly- all the lyrics are, right. who you know, yeah. what, what the drum kit was. Uh, you know, you can find that all online now. But it's yeah. really more about impressions. Yeah, and what, about what it meant to us. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, uh, it doesn't seem that
1: you're getting too heavy with with the theory of any of the songs, right. or the chords, or the right how it was recorded. You're more talking mm-hmm. about the, what it was like to listen to this particular yeah. single for the first time. Or
0: or this is our version of the beef people covering this song. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. We'll play you a little of that just yeah. to, to make you confused.
2: It's, it's more like a personal history. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A personal history and a personal um, impression, personal critique. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: I mean, we really like this song. This is why we think you should listen to it. Right. You know? yeah.
2: This is what's likable right. about this mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm.
0: That's that's where we're really coming from, you know. We love, we love to talk about music, just like you, you know.
1: I'm hoping you guys are going to do Sonic Reducer as a um, <laughs> as a single, that potentially Rocker from the Tombs. Yes, mm-hmm.
0: that Put
2: would it be on good. The
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yes, we will. Of course, Final Solution. I'm pushing for that as well. Yes, Perubu for sure. So we there's so much to cover. <laughs> <Right. laughs> okay, that will be
2: in 61 uh, through 90.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, guys this has been awesome okay well Chuck we thanks for allowing you me to,
1: yeah thanks for allowing me to do this this has mm-hmm. really been a, a pleasure and um, look forward to uh, the rest of the uh, singles going steady installments and the beef people LP coming out on Zub records
0: all right absolutely all right well we'll um, talk to you soon please listen to the podcast right. thanks guys bye thanks. bye now bye bye